welcome to Grade 7's Talk to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I am your host for this episode, Vanessa, and I am a student at College Park School in Lloydminster, Alberta. Before we get to our expert for this episode, I just want to share a little bit about who we are and what, we'll be, what we will be doing in our podcast. We are a class of 25 Grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focusing on experience-based learning and using a STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. We want to answer the age-old question of why do, why do I have to learn this by directly connecting what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert that they know in their lives. This person could be an expert in their profession or job, or what could could traditionally be considered a hobby or an interest. So without further, further delay, I am pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert on confidence, Michelle Charles Gustafson. Hello and welcome. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, um, let's start by getting to know you. Please tell us about yourself. Sure. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. Uh, my name is Michelle Charles Gustafson. I am a certified image consultant and master life coach. What that means is I help people find new sureness of self. So they get to understand who they are, what they're amazing at doing. I help them get clear on that. And then I help them share it boldly with others and really ultimately to help others be more confident about themselves. So that's what I do. Um. What exactly do you do to help a person specifically as a life coach? That's a good question. Uh, my job has evolved over time. I, I call myself an image consultant and a life coach because I work both with what people feel about themselves on the inside and then how they present themselves on the outside. So what I do first is I help people to understand what their major gifts and talents are. Gifts and talents are things that are inside you that help you um, do anything that you want to do in your life, whether it's your job, whether it's to become better at your sport or be better at your hobby. You all have gifts and talents inside you. Gifts are things that you've always had deep inside you. So you could be an artist. Maybe you're good at problem solving. Maybe you're good at a sport. And talents are things that you develop over time. So what I help people do is to rediscover what their gifts and talents are. And then once I do that, I help them figure out how they want to use them to help more people. And a lot of times people get um, get a little scared about putting themselves out there sometimes. And that's where their confidence needs a boost. And so once they understand their gifts and talents, once they understand how to use them, then I use my image consulting skills to help them feel more positive and um, present themselves in their image, meaning their appearance and their behavior and how they communicate themselves so that they can share with people exactly what they do. And it makes them feel powerful. It makes them feel excited about what they want to share and ultimately happier about how they live their lives. All right. Uh, thank you uh, for the more like biographical questions. Um, how many people were in your family growing up? 
Oh, I love that question. So there was four of us, uh, my dad, my mom, and my older sister, and I'm the youngest. What's your family like now? I have uh, my mom, she is with us, my dad has passed on, and my sister is in Kingston, Ontario. What's a typical day like for you? <laughs> That's an awesome question. Well, I work my job and my business and my calling and my practice um, on the internet. So a typical day is me getting up. I'm usually an early riser. So about 5.40 in the morning is when I get up. I do my exercises. Um, my favorite exercises are um, weightlifting, uh, dance, so Zumba type dancing, uh, Pilates or reformer Pilates. And then once I finish that, I do um, a journaling practice every single morning for about 20 minutes. I get up and have some coffee and a little breakfast. And then I get dressed, or as I say, get up and dressed. And I walk across my, my uh, hallway to my office, which is where I run my business and I meet my clients. And I spend um, time in session with my clients through video conference or doing podcast interviews or doing interviews on television, all from my dot <laughs> on my uh, webcam. And uh, and so I do that usually in the morning. I'm usually finished my day by about 1.30 or two. Um, I love a 2.30 siesta, so I have a little nap and then I get up and just in time for my daughter to come home from school, uh, we, kind of hang out in the afternoon and then I make dinner and then we have our typical evening. So um, the beauty of running your own business and being an entrepreneur is that you can design your day exactly as you like it. And uh, I've been an entrepreneur for almost 25 years and I've enjoyed a flexible um, custom schedule um, and I love it. And so for anyone listening, if you've ever thought of being an entrepreneur, that is one of the perks. Once you have your business going, you, you can design your day just how you like it. Uh, you mentioned, uh, doing podcast interviews and other interviews on TV and, uh, video calls with your clients. How many do you usually do per day? That's a really good question as well. Um, I, over time have figured out a secret formula for myself because here's the thing when you're very passionate about what you do you give a lot to it uh you'll know that you give a lot of energy to it uh, a lot of passion to it and while it is something that is very fulfilling it is also something when you give so much passion that you get drained um, it takes a lot of energy to give to other people so over time, I have found that for me, I can only do two things a day. So either a podcast interview and then a, and then a uh, session with clients or um, an interview with a prospective client and, you know, a live broadcast on Facebook or a CTV interview and then meeting with my clients. I can only do two things that require that giving of energy per day. Otherwise, I get too burned out. And um, it's something that you'll learn over time. And I find this actually a lot with my clients when coaching them with their confidence is understanding what is right for you and what you have the capacity to do at any time in your life. And um, I find that a lot of my clients will have a sense of anxiety or um, overwhelm when they're doing too much. 
And it's mostly because they haven't figured out what that capacity is that they have to do that keeps them in good energy and happy and feeling balanced. Balance is a very, uh, very important thing to learn and to know when you're out of it. So yeah, two things a day. <laughs> what do you do for fun? Oh, that's a great question. I love these questions. Um, you know, I love salsa dance. Okay, so look, <laughs> when I was in university, uh, I was actually the president of the Spanish and Latin Students Association at my university. And we ran salsa dance lessons on Thursday nights. And we would we would charge $1 to come to class. And we would use that money that we raised to build schools in Central America. Uh, so over my years of being in that organization, I learned to salsa, bachata, cumbia, merengue. I love all Latin dance. So anything that involves Latin music or Latin dance, I love. Um, I also um, love to um, write. Um, I'm a writer, I have a few books. Um, I love to, I love to journal. Like it's, well, I guess that's part of the writing part, but journaling, which is, um, having a conversation with yourself, uh, a very important practice that I actually teach my clients and, um, that I love doing for myself and, um, you know, camping, being in nature, uh, being quiet is while it seems that, you know, I, do a lot of outer things and talking to a lot of people. I do love to be quiet in my house. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to have Jackson come up here and ask a question. Hey, sounds good. Hi. Uh, how do you motivate people? Oh, wonderful question. Mm. So motivation is a funny thing. Uh, motivation when it becomes lasting for someone comes from the inside. It doesn't come from someone else. So my job as a confidence coach uh, is to help someone see why they need to be motivated. And that why comes from inside them. People can have a why of, they might want to help someone, be an example to someone, they might want to grow their business to give them more choices. So what I help them do is find out why they want to keep going at something. And I help them uncover that. And what that does is when they uncover it for themselves, they actually create their own motivation because it becomes a stronger pull. It's connected to them. I can't make them do anything, but I can, un I can help them uncover why they want to make themselves take more action day after day time after time, and that's connected to their big why. Very good question. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, um, did you live in Lloyd as a kid? And if you did, what was it like? Yes, yeah, so we moved around a lot. I actually am originally from the United States. I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, which is on the East Coast. And we moved to Canada when I was about two um, in the early 80s. And we moved to a small town called Yorkton, Saskatchewan. So if there's any Saskies out there, uh, we moved to Yorkton, Saskatchewan. First, we lived there for five years. Then we moved to Regina. We lived there for a year. And then we moved here to Lloydminster. I've been in Lloydminster ever since grade four and lived in Lloydminster since grade four all the way through till uh, I graduated high school. Then I went away to university. And Lloydminster, uh, 
yeah, so that's a long time. <laughs> uh, Lloyd Minster has changed. It's grown. Um, it's it's still a, a, a small community feel, even though it's grown. So that part has stayed the same. Um, but uh, definitely we lock our doors more than, than we used to because <laughs> it's grown as a city. What was school like for you when you were younger? Oh, school was fun. I went to uh, Winston Churchill for elementary and then to uh, ES Laird for um, junior high and then on to the comp. You know, school was fun. There was always something to do. And I think what was cool is that you found your crew, much like your, you guys do now. You find the people who um, understand who you are, who appreciate who you are, and and you just hang. I mean, we do some of the same things my daughter does. We went for bike rides. We hang out at the park. Um, actually, you know, with this year of, of COVID-19, it has actually brought back a lot of those um, really fundamentally fun things to do with friends that are very simple. Things like talking on the phone. Well, you guys video chat these days, but talking on the phone, chatting on the phone to friends, um, doing simple things like bike riding. Those are all things we did. And it was, it's the very best way to learn how to create friendships and relationships because those, that kind of building relationships never goes away. Uh, you'll need those skills as you grow and understand who is going to be a good friend to you. And so I think it's, I think it's, um, it's the same, but just it's it's the same. <laughs> Good place to grow up. What do you remember about grade seven? Ooh, you know, grade seven, what I remember most is my very first mentor I found in grade seven. So a mentor is someone who understands who you are as a person, understands and sees your you and your gifts and talents for what they are and encourages you to use them. And my first mentor was my grade seven English teacher, Fern Jensen at ES Laird. And she taught for years and years and years there. Uh, she saw greatness in me in grade seven. And, uh, and for whatever reason, we we became actually friends after school and after junior high and all the things. And um, she's she used to tell me she goes, I could never keep up with you in grade seven. Um, you used to know all the things before all the people. You read the fastest. I couldn't keep up with you, and I knew there was so much more for you. And she encouraged me to always be looking ahead to what what I was going to use, what I had inside. Um, next. Um, I remember her English class. I remember knowing all of my prepositional uh, phrases. I, I just I just remember it as the grade that I became the words girl that I am now. I use my words a lot, whether it's in writing or speaking. And a lot of that has to do with how, with what Fern or Mrs. Jensen saw in me. So grade seven, huge deal. If someone were to write a book about you, what would a good title be? Or if you were to write a book about yourself? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> can it be the title of my actual book? Show up confident. I just want people to show up as they are. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Uh, that's kind of, I'm kind of speechless, Vanessa, on that question. Um, what would they say? 
Wow. Wow. I, I'm kind of speechless because I think of all the things that um, my clients have said I've helped them do, achieve, become the happiness they've created, but while also thinking about the communities I've been in, the people I've met. Um, you know, I, I really think that your life should be a, um, a reflection of the people, like the people around you and the people you change are the reflection of your life. Um, and it's actually one of my quotes from, from my book. I, I say that legacy lives in those you change. Maybe that's what it would be because I, I don't see myself as, uh, I see myself through the people I've changed. So when I think about myself, I think about all the people that I've touched, um, whether directly or indirectly. So my life is very, it feels very full because I've helped a lot of people. And um, I think what is important to know, you being at a young age, you might think you're going to be here forever and, you know, invincible. And the, and, and the truth of the matter is, is that life is really short and, um, and that you, everybody who's here really wants to make their mark. And how you do that is by changing people. It's by it, using who you are to help someone else become who they are. That's the dream job, guys. That's the dream job, to help someone else become who they are by you being so who you are. And, and so that's, that's the part of me being that confidence coach, that life coach, is that every single day I help someone else become more of who they are. So I will live forever in those people I've changed. Don't wow, that's uh, really fascinating. I'm going to have <laughs> Zeta come up and ask a question. Sure. Um, uh, what is your favorite part about your job? Watching people change. Um, watching people, the light turn on behind the eyes. I talk about this a lot. Um, when, when somebody needs a confidence boost or they're feeling like they don't belong somewhere, they don't know where they're going in their life, they feel like they're not worth anything or they, they feel stuck, you can tell in their eyes. And their eyes look dim, sad. Um, and that always that always makes me feel sad myself because everybody has something to give. So the best part of my job is when I help them see themselves differently. And I say that a lot, especially being an image consultant, because the vehicle I use to help people see themselves is by changing how they see themselves through the mirror. Because what most people don't understand or don't, aren't, aren't totally sure of is that when you change how you see yourself physically, you actually change how your mind thinks about your value. And what I help my people do is change how they they dress, yes, but how they present themselves. So it changes how they feel like they value themselves. And when they do that, their eyes change. I can see behind their eyes a brightness that they value who they are and that they feel good about it. And anytime that happens, it makes me feel good about my job what I've done, what I've helped them do, and what they'll go on to do afterwards. Hey, thank you for asking my question. Thanks. 
Can you tell us about an experience where you were nervous or apprehensive, but chose to participate anyways and gave your best effort? <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm, there's a lot. Um, anytime you're going to do something new, you're going to feel this feeling. So this is a feeling that I actually have talked about before on my own podcast. And it's the idea of being nervous sighted. And it's actually a word that uh, my daughter made up uh, one day before the first day of school. I asked her, how are you feeling? And she goes, I'm nervous. But I said, and she goes, but I'm also excited. So I'm kind of nervous sighted. And that idea of being nervous sighted is always there. Uh, I remember the first time that I felt it was um, I was at a national debate championship in uh, Windsor, Ontario. So all the best debate uh, competitors from across Canada were had gathered, and the we were doing a mock parliament, so like the House of Commons, right? It's cool, Mr. Speaker. We had the opposition, and anyways, uh, I was on the opposition, and my caucus, so my team, had voted me to be the leader of the opposition, which is the main speaker of the side, and I had never done that. I had never done that before at that level before. So of course you're nervous. Why did they pick me? Am I gonna be able to lead the team? Am I gonna be able to bring home the win? And um, it wasn't something that I could say no to because they had voted. So I needed to participate in that, uh, that role. But no one's ever really prepared for a role they've never had before. I want people to know that. It's like, if you've never done it, you're going to be nervous. But the idea of being nervous is actually the same physiology in your body as being excited. So it is possible, and I teach my clients that it is possible to switch your brain to understand that the physiology that's going on inside you can be transformed into excitedness. The idea of your palms sweating, your heart is beating a little faster, your eyes widening, maybe your, your breath gets a little short. That's the exact same nervous as it is excited. Well, if you can switch your brain to understand that you're being excited about the opportunity, you actually will perform at a higher level. And so that's what I did. I didn't even know I was doing this back all the way back in high school. And I didn't know it would be a breadcrumb to what I would teach my people today. But I did exactly what I um, do today. I was nervous, but what did I do? I went to my suitcase and I picked out the most leader of the opposition outfit I could possibly find. I picked, and you guys won't know because you're probably too young, but I picked out a blazer with the, the 90 shoulder pads that stood high on my shoulders. It was, you guys will not know, but just picture the most goldenrod yellow blazer with black accents and I had a black pencil skirt on and my pumps and I got my earrings on. And what I didn't know at the time is that, because I know now, because it's what I do, that the color psychology of all of that outfit was the thing that would intimidate the other team while also helping me stand as a leader in something I had never done before. So I was like my own image consultant before I was ever an image consultant. And yes, we brought home the win. And yes, I was nervous, but I was excited at the same time to step into that role. And so I want you guys and whoever's listening to know that, that those feelings are never going to go away. They're always there when you're doing something new. But see if you can transform it into being excited. 
about what the new opportunity is. You said a bit about um, color psychology. Could you elaborate? Yes, this is one of my absolute specialties. I am actually a color expert. And what uh, I teach my clients to do is use their personal uh, palette of colors that harmonizes with their skin tone, their features, to be able to um, not only change their, their own mood, but to communicate silent messages to their audience of whom they want to persuade, who they want to influence, and, and how they want that audience to take action. So for example, um, every color, you know, every when people think of color, they think of the rainbow, right? Roy G. Biv. But what I want you to know is that every color in a rainbow that you think about, like a grade five rainbow, has infinite colors inside each hue. So for example, the red that you think about on a rainbow is actually not the only red that exists. There's ruby red, there's brick red, there's poppy red, there's a, you know, vermilion, there's a million reds. And each red carries a message. Each red has a, um, has a, has a, a meaning and an energy. And most people don't know how to use that energy for their, uh, advantage, but I teach my clients how to do it in that you can help someone take a certain action by wearing a certain color. You can change your mood, your uh, ability to be courageous, to be purposeful based on the color that you see yourself in. So um, that is one of my passions and kind of my secret sauce of how I help people stand out. It's with color and using it to their advantage. Um, in your opinion, what makes somebody an expert? <laughs> what makes someone an expert is their ability to create results for someone over and over and over again. What I mean by that is having a skill to create an outcome that produces a result for someone time after time after time. I've been in the image business, confidence business, helping people create new confidence, stand out, show up, be who they are for almost 25 years. I've had different roles Okay, different roles in doing that. I've been a sales trainer, a customer service manager. I've been a, um, an enrollment coach for education. I've been a confidence coach, an image coach. I've been uh, you know, a business coach, um, a team leader. But the vein that has run through all of those roles is the result I give people. The result is they feel better about who they are they feel better about the skills they own and they give those skills to others and create outcomes for other people. I've done that no matter what the role over and over and over again. And so having those skills to be able to do that makes you an expert. Have there been times you've been discouraged doing your job? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, Yes. So I generally am discouraged when I see more for others than they see for themselves. 
Okay. So as a coach, uh, the coach's job is to see potential in someone and to encourage them to bring that potential to the surface. Now, that's the job of the coach, to help them bring that potential to the surface. But the coach can't bring that potential to the surface unless the person wants to. The person has to feel like, I want to be better too. So generally when I'm discouraged in my job, it's when I see the potential, I'm ready to help them bring it out, but for whatever reason, they're not ready. And so what I have to remind myself is that my job is only to bring it to the surface for those who are ready. And not everybody is ready at the same time. So it, it's my stuff. So then I just have to release the idea that you may not be helping them in that way right now. And that's okay. They're on their own journey. So, yeah. I'm going to have uh, Logan come up and ask a question. Sure. Hello. Um, what is the best advice you've given someone? Logan, big question. <laughs> um, I think the best advice I would give anyone is based on everything that I do. And that is that confidence is self-love in action. Here's what I mean by that. We all want to do something that's important. We all want to feel important. We all want to feel valuable in our life because otherwise, why are we here, right? And the idea of confidence, which is a sureness of self, meaning I feel good about what I'm doing here. I feel good about my skills. Everybody wants to feel that. And what I want people to know is that it starts with loving who you are first. And so in order to love yourself first, you have to be your own best friend. <laughs> and that's something that my dad actually taught me very early is that nobody else is going to be your best friend as good of a friend as you're going to be to yourself. So how are friendships built? On conversations and spending time with someone, right? That's how you build a friendship. So doing that for yourself is the thing that builds self-love. And from that will come confidence. So best advice, spend time with yourself. Become your own best friend. And from that, you'll have more confidence to do your life. Okay, thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Um, after being in the business for about 25 years, you said, mm -hmm. um, what made you want to keep going? Keep being part of it? Um, you know what? I, I think what's important to see, and I, as you all start to develop careers, is I say follow the breadcrumbs because I haven't done this exact job for 25 years, but I have been exercising this purpose for 25 years, the purpose of giving confidence away to people. So what I, I think is important for young people to know is that you won't do the same job for 25 years. That's just not how our world works anymore. You're going to do different kinds of jobs, but 
to be happy, there will be one kind of thread that runs through them all. And this is what I was talking about before about knowing yourself is understanding what your thread is. So for me, I've had different kinds of jobs. Some were better than others. Uh, they all did involve giving confidence away to other people. But the jobs I liked the most or that I stayed with the longest or that I kept doing and kept being motivated to do, I was using my gifts and talents. So for you, understanding and knowing exactly what your gifts and talents are is how you feel happy in any job and also how you know to leave a job, okay? My gifts and talents involve, number one, being creative. Got to be creative. It's got to be creative. You know, me working with color and working with helping people see them, you know, all the creative creativity is huge. Secondly, I, my talent is to create results for people. Okay. That's those two things. Now that doesn't say anything about being an image consultant or being a, a life coach. Those are just who I am at my core, creative and results oriented. So if I look at all the jobs that I've ever had, the ones that I loved the most, let me do those two things, be creative and create results. The ones that I didn't like, the ones that I stayed the shortest amount of time, even though I was giving confidence to people, did not let me do those two things. So I left them. So what's really important to stay motivated is to understand who you are and are you exercising who you are and what you're doing. The If you can make that match, you will do what you do and you'll find all sorts of motivation to get up every single day and keep doing it. Um, how exactly did you find your gifts and talents? <laughs> For me, it was over time. Uh, and it was a process of self-discovery. But I can help you out on that because, um, well, it's kind of a personal journey, but at the same time, I can help you out on that. I think people these days talk more and more about it, about what it is that you are inside before you start doing a bunch of things. And actually in my book, Show Up Confident, I have a whole exercise that helps you look into what your gifts and talents are. It gives you some examples of what they could be. And then you get to think about, yeah, I wonder what those are. And I, I actually talk about being able to do an exercise about, you know, thinking about the jobs that you've had, the things that you've done, where were you happiest, what created anxiety in you, what made you feel nervous? Because usually in those times when we're feeling anxious or overwhelmed or um, hopeless or frustrated, it's because you're operating on the outside of what your actual gifts and talents are. And if you can name them and understand them and be explicit about them, you'll be able to understand if you're inside them or outside them. It's like being in a bubble, right? You want to be inside bubble as long as possible. And if you can name what those things are, you can make decisions based on them. You can you can apply to jobs based on them. You can quit jobs based on them, and they're okay. And that's okay because you're putting yourself in alignment. So it is a process of self discovery. Nobody can tell you what your gifts and talents are, and this is why I say you have to become your own best friend because your best friend uh, Vanessa, all the way inside the deep parts of your heart, will know what they are for her, but nobody else can tell you that. You have to figure it out. It's like a discovery mission. What do you think failure has to do with success? 
You know, I, I actually don't love, <laughs> I know it's a word in the English language, but I actually don't love the word failure because I don't, I don't believe that failure has actually a negative connotation. Um, I believe that every single thing you do is an opportunity to learn, period. So if something didn't work, what did you learn? What did you learn? <laughs> if something went differently than you thought it did, it should, what did you learn? It's not a failure if you learned. It's not a failure if you learned something about yourself. It's not a failure if you learned something about how you need to do life. It's not a failure if you um, took a different approach to make it right. It is not a failure. You learn something. And uh, again, in, my, in the book, uh, Show Up Confident, I actually talk about four lessons that you can learn from anything, whether it's a, and I'm going to put this in quotes, a win or in quotes, failure. Because to me, they, they are neutral. They're, nothing is positive or negative. You, can, you will learn off a win and you will learn off a failure. You'll learn one of four lessons. You'll learn something about how you value yourself or don't. You'll learn something about how you need to be courageous. You'll learn something about how you have to be more compassionate to yourself or others, or you'll learn something about how to be more disciplined. You'll learn one of those four on a win or a loss. And for me, I like to take that positive or negative out of the situation and just go, what did I learn? Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter if it's up or down or sideways. What did I learn here? And what am I going to use to do the next, the next time? How am I going to make it right the next time? Does that make sense? When did you learn from um, failure? Uh, from every single lesson, um, building a business, building a family, building relationships, I have learned some lesson of self-worth, courage, compassion, or discipline. That's just how I boiled down my life. <laughs> Um, and I think it, it's um, it's a matter of perspective as you grow. It's a matter of perspective as you age. Back when I was younger, I did used to see things as wins or failures. And failures were crushing because you thought, well, geez, I'm not good enough if I can't do it right. That's not true. And you know how, mu how much anxiety you put on yourself by going, I didn't do it right, so I must not be good enough? It's really just, it's just not true, okay? It's just not true. Don't tell yourself that. <laughs> Don't tell yourself that story. You're all good enough. It's more of changing your perspective about what you have learned when something didn't go the way you wanted. Did you learn about how I need to put more value on myself? Did you learn about how to be more courageous about having important conversations in relationships? Did you learn about being able to show compassion to others or for yourself? Or did you learn about, geez, I just have to do better at being more disciplined, at creating or at making the outcome I want? That's just how it's going to boil down. So ever since I've kind of figured out those four lessons, I have never really failed because I've learned. Does that make sense? Takes the pressure off. Tell us about someone you looked up to when you were younger. Oh, that's easy. My parents. Uh, my mom is a very strong woman. She actually taught me the lessons 
those whispered lessons, those ideas of um, seeing life as lessons and seeing what you're learning. And then my dad uh, taught me a lot about what I help people do now, which is um, seeing yourself in the mirror as someone important and then presenting that person in their image as someone important who's helping others feel better about themselves. So I basically am a mashup of my parents <laughs> in what I do, an image consultant and a, and a life coach, helping people see perspective in their lives. And um, I'll always look up to them. I'm gonna have Elizabeth ask a question. Sure. Um, what made you want to become a personal confidence coach and what type of training do you need? Oh, good. Well, I think it was an evolution. Um, I was a, a business coach for a um, small business marketing coach and a business coach for oof, 15 years, helping people build their businesses. And what I noticed was that people can't build a strong business if they're not a strong person, if they're not a confident person. And uh, my people will tell you that I always say that how you run your life is how you run your business. So I started to focus on building the person first. And then what happened was they could more easily have the capacity to build a strong business, which is what I do now. So I kind of shifted, um, I went backwards <laughs> and treated the person and then moved forward. Now, um, I do have a background in marketing. And so my, my degree is a Bachelor of Commerce in um, marketing strategy. And uh, that's, what I use as my base to understand how to market a person, how to help them build a business. Um, I also am a certified image consultant in both business image consulting and personal image consulting. So how to portray yourself as your personal brand. And then I'm also a certified um, professional life coach. And so I'm a purpose coach, a success coach, all those certified. So. What's I think important for people and young people to know too, is that as you move forward in your uh, careers and understanding where your talents lie, you will you will become and get your certifications based on that. And it, one will layer on top of the other until you create this customized uh, collection of how you change other people. And um, and I think that's really important to know is because the more connected you are to yourself, the more you'll understand what you need in order to create, to make changes in people time after time after time. Okay, thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Um, I'm gonna open the mic to anyone that might have a question, so. Awesome. I have another question. How old were you when you first like got your first client or like first helped someone? That's an awesome question. Uh, I always say, you know, that I've been an entrepreneur almost all of my life. My very first business helping someone 
was when I was 17. And what I did, which is, it was almost, again, a breadcrumb to what I do now, is I helped students my age create their resumes for summer job applications. So what they do is they'd bring me their resume and, you know, it was like back then it was on paper, if you can imagine. They'd bring me their resume. I would interview them and find out what they were good at. And then I would use my words and my the ability to lay out and I presented them on their resume. And back then we used paper. So, you know, on the resume paper and the layout and it was making it making them look good on paper. And so my first business was doing resume writing and uh, resume presentation for my friend, for my friends and my peer group. And I charged $25 a resume. Okay. And then <laughs> they would go get their job for their summer job. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> good question. Hi, I noticed that your book's about there. What is it about? Oh, sorry, just say that again. Um, I noticed that you have some books back there, like like oh. your books. What are they about? Yes. So this is my book. It's called Show Up Confident. And uh, the subtitle is The New Way to Get Ready for Your Day and Your Life. And what I talk about in the book, or a lot of the things I talked about here, I talk about how um, life is built up with um, a series of lessons and that we all go through changes. We all go through frustrating times where we need to find our ability to bounce back, which is called resilience. And that we all lose belief in ourselves a little bit, but that that's part of our life's journey. And that to be able to bounce back after all those times in life, it's about finding new confidence. And finding that confidence compass. Remember I was talking about those gifts and talents? Well, inside the book, I talk about how to start to discover your gifts and talents and then how to figure out why we, why I'm here on this planet. What am I here to do for myself and for others? And I, I take people through a, a little short journey of being able to discover that for themselves. So it's a book about self-discovery and it's kind of a, a shortcut to all the things I talked about here about finding your confidence and and reframing failure and and figuring out what to do next that makes you happy so that's what it's about okay thank you welcome um hi does inspiring or confident boosting other people inspire you one hundred percent uh when i watch someone go when I talked about that light behind the eyes, when I watch someone go from dim to that spark where they can fully articulate what makes them powerful in their lives, for themselves, for their families, um, for their businesses. And then I watch them take that belief and grow something meaning they got new clients, they grew their business, they started something new, they helped more people. When I see that, it it's a very motivating. Um, it makes me think that I could do what I do forever. And I know that it's probably an anomaly for people to want to do something forever, 
But when you are so connected to that purpose of why you get up in the morning and what it is you give to people and watching the results come, um, I feel like that's a gift when you can feel that. And for each of you who is you know, growing up in your lives and you're starting to figure out what makes you happy and excited to get up, think about that feeling. What could you just do forever? And um, once you get there, it is 100% inspiring. You will just, you will say, oh, yeah, I could do that. I could just keep doing it. I could just keep doing it. Thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Hi, my name is Ryan. My question is, how do you prepare yourself for being on national TV? Awesome question. Um, I prepare myself with, um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to answer that in two ways. Okay. The first way is um, academically. Uh, I go to bed very early because they have a very early call time. Uh, usually I am ready for camera at 530. Uh, so I get up very early, I go to bed early, the whole thing. Um, but I also prepare myself by remembering that one of my talents is speaking. It's something that I own. It's something that I've always owned from back from my debate days all the way through to now. And what I want you to remember is that um, the things where someone looks sparkly, right? Wow, she's on national television. That looks sparkly. That person has been preparing for that, right? Um, there's a quote by, remember if you guys watch uh, Shark Tank, Damon John, uh, creator FUBU, he always said that, um, that, uh, that an overnight success took 15 years. So the person that looks like they just got there, no, they were preparing for that success for a while. And, you know, being on CTV and being on national television, I've been, I've been in preparation for my whole my whole career. Um, I've been on live broadcasts on Facebook and talking to audiences and keynotes and debate. And I've always been talking. That's just one more place I'm talking, right? And what the beauty of being knowing what you have as your gifts and your talents is that you're always preparing. So when the opportunity shows up, you're actually really ready. I was really ready. And for me, it was just like I was talking to you now on a podcast. It's no different. It's just who I am. Thank you. Hi, my name is Regan. And my question is, do you have a lot of, you, you have a lot of energy? Are there times when you don't have energy? And what do you do then? Oh, Regan. This is a wonderful question, Regan. <laughs> um, yes, I do have a lot of energy. I have a lot of energy because I have a lot of passion for what I do. Um, I am very connected to what I do, whether it is um, being, you know, for and for the message that I give. You are absolutely right. When you see someone who has a lot of energy, a lot of passion, they 100% get drained. Okay, because that give is um, that energy give is uh, takes a lot out of you, right? So when I was speaking with Vanessa before about I only do two things a day, it's because of that. Uh, so um, I'm very conscious about how much energy I give out, 
and about replacing it. So it's like a water, like, like a water pitcher, right? So what I do to replace it um, is I enjoy being quiet. <laughs> I enjoy uh, time alone, solitude. I enjoy nature, um, uh, exercising, music, 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 uh, dancing. I enjoy driving if, of all, like it's weird, but like driving, <laughs> driving, uh, road trips. Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Cooking, cooking, um, creative things really actually Regan, very creative things, writing, cooking, drawing, painting, uh, any of that. I, I get filled up. Thank you for answering my question. That was a good one. All right. Um, thanks for coming, Michelle. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about uh, your job and confidence and color. Thank you to my classmates for the questions and thank you listeners. Have a great day and stay tuned for the next episode. from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.